Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. It's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Now I've got five different podcasts as part of the network. The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Even Money Betting Podcast. We have an awesome guest tomorrow. We're looking forward to that. Fantasy Feast with Joe Dolan is always a great time. We'll do a little free agency preview on the Fantasy Feast Podcast this week. And, of course, Ross Tucker Football Podcast, where today we have Andy Phillips who just wrote this awesome book. For those of you checking us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL called Round Zero Inside the NFL Draft. Make sure you check out today's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Tomorrow we'll have Greg Cosell. We've got a lot going on. You can always check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. But this is really the podcast of the moment. This is the show of the of the time. March, April, you need to be cramming the College Draft podcast to get the rankings and insight of my guy, Emery Hunt. You can check him out on Twitter like I do, at FBall Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. And then, of course, the draft guide will be out before you know it footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Order yours today. You know, Emery, it is very entertaining for me to watch and listen to these prognosticators. So many of them eventually coming around to things you've been saying for a while. Even my boy Greg Cosell said on Thursday last week from the Combine, now, he didn't quite say that he had Levis's QB 17, but he did say in talking with the quarterback coach, they think that Levis is more of a second-round quarterback, which is a lot different than what you've been hearing over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and the thing is, man, I, I always wonder how do these things tend to start? You know, in and in a lot of times we see people carry their narratives or their positions 
all throughout the season. It starts in the beginning of the year, and they kind of curate everything around their initial position. Like, for whatever reason, Will Levis started as a top quarterback in his class, right? And people held on to that all throughout the season and started to make excuses or adjustments to why he wasn't having this breakout explosive season. And, you know, the OC left, the offensive line is not that good, no really weapons on the perimeter. Um, They always say you go check his 2021 tape, but if you go back and check that tape, it's the same as the tape we just watched in 2022. So, you know, it's kind of – that's why you saw such pushback on when I talked about Anthony Richardson uh, from those that already had Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, you know, cemented in, chiseled in, as one and two, as if there was not a possibility of another guy usurping them. We see this every year with the quarterback position. So that's why you don't really have any strong positions, in my opinion, right out of the gate, because things happen and things can change. Well, we'll get to the quarterbacks momentarily. And in fact, we're going to get to some of your deep sleeper quarterbacks a little bit later in the show. But because the combine just ended, and it is such a big event, on the pre-draft calendar. Next up, it'll be the pro days. We did kind of want to go through position by position and get your thoughts on some of the guys at the Combine. Um, Let's start, I guess, with the order in which they worked out. Thursday was the D-line and the linebackers, Emery. Um, Obviously, some of the guys that really are getting a lot of attention are, I'm not even going to try to say, pronounce the name of the D-tackle from Northwestern, D-N. No, no idea. I don't know if you know how to say it. There's a lot of A's, a lot of E's, bunch of W's. Um, anyway, he's a freak. Uh, but, you know, the Pitt D-tackle, Canty was impressive. Jack Campbell, the Iowa linebacker. And a lot of people, of course, talking about Nolan Smith, the edge rusher for Georgia in a positive light. What did you take from the D-line and linebacker groups? You know, and that's the, the workout I sat in on. Um, it was, you know, it's the first time in the combine that the media was actually to go and watch, were able to go and watch the workouts. Um, so we, we were sitting there watching and, you know, you, you wonder, they had us offset behind the 40 um, toward the end of the 40-yard dash. So it's not like we could sit there and time guys ourselves or get our own splits. Um, so you're just kind of watching, you know, guys work out, but I was shocked at how fast Nolan Smith ran. And remember, this is someone that didn't particularly play a lot this year, got injured and basically became an assistant coach, you know, and, but came out there and bust a four, four. And it, and when we're watching the replay on the, on the jumbo trying, it's like, wow, like he really was able to pick him up and put him down. And I haven't gotten that far yet to, grading defensive players. I'm still working through the rest of the tight ends. I should be done today um, or at least early tomorrow. Then I move to offensive line, but I'm expecting his tape to show four, four, four speed. Cause that's always the beauty of this whole process. You want to see if guys are playing as fast as they time, or if guys are playing as slow as you know, their, their tape suggests. So, um, that was the biggest thing for me, seeing him run that 4-4 and just like, wow, like, man, imagine someone coming off the edge with that level of twitch and explosiveness. I hope that's what it looks like on tape. Yeah, I will say this. 
He's pretty little for mm-hmm. for an edge rusher. I mean, 6'2", 238. I mean, there, there's a bunch of off-the-ball backers that are bigger than him. You know, Jack Campbell was 6'4", and 5'8", 249 pounds. Right. Um, so different players, different positions, but um, – I guess I would say if you're going to be 238, 6'2", 238 as an edge rusher, you better be really explosive because that is pretty little. I mean, you don't – I can't think – I mean, Reddick weighs at least 245. I mean, even the guys that they compare him to are bigger than that. What else jumped out about either the D-line or the linebackers, Emery? Sticking with the linebackers, love the work out there, Deion Henley – put out there on the field from Washington state. You know, there's someone that, that stood out to me at the senior bowl. Um, you know, I, I said he had a week similar to that of Fred Warner. And I thought his workout was just like what we saw down in mobile. So I think his, his postseason is starting to trend upwards. And I know you can't really uh, put a hot take out there and say, Hey, you know, this is, Based off what I just saw, again, I hadn't graded his tape yet, but based off what I've seen, you know, when you get down into the back end of the first round, top of the second, I think that's where he's probably going to end up going. Um, he's someone that really works well and, and coverage well and, you know, is athletic. He's fluid in his athleticism, went through the bag drills rather well. So I love this postseason process for Henley. Anybody else D-line or linebackers jump out, Emery? No, that that was it for me. Like just you know, just watching those guys, and um, it's it's fascinating when you watch you know who works out, who doesn't work out, um, who's saving what for pro day and who's not. Uh, but I just thought the linebacks and to go back to Nolan Smith, you know, he's he's probably now more in that conversation of being mainly a sandbacker as opposed to being a pure handed and dirt edge guy. And again. Sam, you're still going to be able to rush the passer, but you're playing over the tight end for the most part. So going back and watch his bag drills, uh, you know, his positional drills, see if how well he performed would be something that I would definitely uh, partake in after once I get to his, uh, that position. Let's go to day two, and that was the corners and the safeties. By the way, there's a lot of Illinois guys. Oh, my God. I mean, this is the most Illinois guys that are good players. I can remember in a lot. The whole Illinois secondary is there. I mean, well, how did that happen? Was that Lovey Smith recruiting like four years ago? I mean, he knows what a DB looks like, evidently. Yeah, and, and the crazy part is we talked to um, Chase Brown, uh, Chance Brown. What, what's the what's the DB? The, Chase um, is the running back. We talked to his brother, um, the defensive back up there on, on the podium. I'm not on the podium, but at CBS. And I, and I was like, man – selfishly i wish all of you guys you know were going back the following season because i felt like this team is was one year a little bit too early like illinois may probably could have been outstanding next year um and did they feel that starting to happen he was like yeah you know we just you know obviously they give you that we put in the work and all that stuff like that but um they kind of knew that they were going to be good uh that you know this past season um, but what really stood out to me was, and I'm surprised he's getting this amount of buzz now uh, and, and justifiably so, but he stood out to me as a true freshman when they threw him out there uh, during the COVID year. And that was Christian Gonzalez, the corner of Oregon. 
Like when he was at Colorado, I was like, wow, this this dude a freshman, six two, you know, hundred whatever pounds, and out there competing. And you know how they do with a freshman, they try to throw at him, but he was always able to showcase the length, the athleticism, and just the fluidity within his game. You saw that when he was running. I think he was one of the few guys. Um, and you know how guys are because they put so much emphasis on the forty yard dash, and you saw how. You know, tense. Everybody's running because they want to run that fast time because they know how much it means. Gonzalez got up there and just fluidly ran his time and, and ran fast, like he was at ease, like he's comfortable uh, with who he is as an athlete. And I thought, again, the athleticism, the fluidity, the range, um, combined with what we saw on, on tape, and, ta- and I'm talking about just from a, a live viewing perspective. I thought he had an impressive workout. Yeah, I mean, he was one of the guys that a lot of people were talking about. How about DJ Turner running a four two six forty um from Michigan? He can fly as well. But Gonzalez is six one and a half, two hundred pounds running that four three eight, forty one and a half inch vertical, eleven foot one broad jump. He's gonna get drafted high. Oh, you have will. those numbers, he's gonna get drafted really high. He's going to be a first rounder, in my opinion, like a, a let's say a top fifteen pick. When you talk about those those height, weight, measurable speed, fluidity, ball skills, and you know how you know he looked in in the defensive back drills. Oh yeah, you know it wouldn't surprise me to see him be the first corner off the board, uh, based off how he checked out, and you know just from you love seeing how these guys competed out there, and DBs are going to run fast, DBs are going to compete, but. Uh, you talk about Gonzalez and, and the fact that he's been able to continue to get better at every stop every year, uh, going from Colorado to Oregon, like by far, in my opinion, the most impressive. I was upset we didn't get to talk to Weatherspoon because he got tied up with the medicals. And um, so we didn't get a chance to see him come over to our set and, and get a chance to speak with him. But yeah, Illinois just, and I love how the everyone that we talked to from Illinois, because we talked to the safety as well. Quan, I believe, um, and everyone had like he had everyone from Illinois had that dog in them, you know that they just like, oh yeah, we were we were able to play multiple spots in the secondary. Uh, we played, yeah, we played a lot of zone, um, but you know I want to come out here and show I can, you know, you know play man if necessary. I can play safety. I can play down inside. Like I love the versatility and the confidence from everyone uh, from Illinois in that secondary that we were able to talk to. Um, let's move on. Unless you have anybody else, cornerback safeties, we can move up on the cornerback wide receiver tight end. Yeah. Okay. Cornerback wide receiver tight end, quarterback wide receiver tight end. Well, um, you know, I was laughing while Anthony Richardson was putting the big numbers up because to your point, I mean, you were on this before the season started, but like, now I don't know that anybody knew he would jump that high at that weight. But we knew he was going to be big. And we knew he was going to be fast. I was shocked that uh, he, because we were, we were discussing like, okay, we're thinking two thirty. We're thinking, you know, guys cut waiting. And I, I went to, uh, I wasn't on set that day, but I went there anyway to see if I can probably get a question in at the podium uh, because the guys on the set had him coming to the stage, and so when he came to the stage, you know, he's standing next to Danny Cannell and and. Cannell is close to 6'4. I thought he was, I thought Cannell was 6'4, but Cannell is like 6'3 and almost 6'4. But he had like a good, 
you know, two inches over, and maybe even three inches over Canal. I was like, wow, that's that's crazy. Like I just thought he was, you know, closer to six three and six, you know, some change or maybe six four. So, but he was lean, and so when he measured in at two forty four, this was uh, Saturday morning. I'm on set, and I'm like, man, you think uh, you think he's gonna run? Now that he waiting at two forty four, like I, you know, I thought he was gonna be like two thirty, maybe two twenty eight for the combine because he looked lean when I saw him in person. And I'm like, I wouldn't run if I were if I were him at two forty four because you figure that's why Bryce Young didn't run because he checked in at two oh four. Uh, I was like, he he's never ran with that weight, so he just want to use that weight to measure in and then run, drop the weight and then run at his pro day. So I was like, I'll I'll be shocked if he runs or if he does run, he's probably gonna run four or five. Man, when he got out there and ran at, at 444 and jumped 40 inches at 244 pounds, that's just ridiculous, man. Like, that shows you explosiveness, power. Um, he's a very good athlete, and he's carrying that 244 rather well. So looking at how he's built, you know, obviously we know he's someone that can stay in the pocket, take a shot, and, and deliver the football. But physically, it was just impressive to see. Uh, him measure up yeah he was uh very very impressive reportedly and i don't know what this means but reportedly he was very impressive with the team interviews as well emory that was also surprising because uh we know this ross um every year when it comes to these athletic quarterbacks you start to hear the whispers uh after people like you know, see them at the podium oh well you know he's not I heard, I heard he's doing, you know, poorly in interviews. Oh, I heard he's doing poorly on the whiteboard. So it was a pleasant surprise to hear those rumors come out and him doing. I was like, wait a minute. is it Has racism ended? Like, what? This is crazy. You know, this is phenomenal to see. So, but it also shows you um, how important it is for um, guys to understand what their job is and, and understand how important this whole process is because nothing gets protected right nothing gets everything is going to get leaked you know whether or not you uh had it, it we time out let's rewind back to the jail and carter thing because ross i've never seen this before ever right so we were on set getting ready to interview uh will anderson and so we're introducing ourselves to Will Anderson. He's coming up, sitting down. And before he sits down, so the D-line is walking up to the podium to speak. Before he sits down, I look out there on the floor. When I say at the same time, everybody on the floor did this, like look down at their phone as d linemen are getting up there. And it was like, what the hell going on? And then the producers, you know, sh- showed her phone like this. I was like, Oh snap! Like what? What just broke? Like so, everybody got the Jalen Carter story at the same time. So naturally, he's not going to get up on the podium. He's going to be already on a flight back to Georgia. I had never seen that. So I said all that to say, nothing is held at the combine. So I'm I'm good to I'm I'm glad to see that positive things are were leaking out about Richardson in the in the classroom and you know at the whiteboard and how he's carrying himself and interviewed um because we also he- heard things about CJ Stroud and, and how well he was doing as well so yeah if if you are a young high school senior going into college 
everything that you do is in preparation for this particular test. The combine is the biggest open book test. And if you don't ace all parts of it, you failed. Any other thoughts on any of the quarterbacks, receivers, or tight ends? I know we we, we spoke about um, – first of all, I like I was impressed with uh, Laporte the uh the Iowa tight end Sam Laporta yeah Sam Laporta I, I just don't understand like where Iowa finds these these guys like there's a legit tight end factory at Iowa just fluid just athletic he was someone's tape I had graded prior to the combine starter so I'm not surprised to see how fluid he was and how well he did the drills um is a, a lot of the guys that I had really pegged as as good blocking tight ends you don't Unfortunately, the combine is not going to show you how good of a blocker you are because you're going against bags. Um, so it's still kind of an unfair uh, drill to the non-athletically inclined um, tight ends. But I was glad to see Laporta do well. Um, in terms of wide receiver, you know, it's funny to hear every agent tell you prior to the combine, oh, my guy's running 4-4. He's been, you know, he's been clocking 4-4 at, at training. Like, okay. Like, I, listen, I, I know how fast 4-4 is. Not everybody's running 4-4, and that's fine. You know, I think some people were shocked at how um, how much Jordan Addison weighed. And, like, wait a minute, man. He never was, like, 190 pounds. You know, he's, he's you know, he's going to always be like that. It's like they were shocked at the, the corner from Mississippi State that weighed in at 166. Like, okay, cool. He was skinny on film, but was not skinny is those six pick sixes and it was 14 interceptions. That's rather fat. You know what I'm saying? That's very healthy. I don't care if he's 166. I don't care if uh, Jordan Addison is 176. Like, weight is easier to gain once you get older. Like, they're going to find weight to put on these dudes. I'm not worried about that at all. Two shout-outs I got to give out, Emery, for different reasons. How about Andre Yasavas, the receiver from Princeton, at 6'3", 205, he ran a 4.43, but he also had a 39-inch vert, 10-foot-8 broad, but he had the second fastest short shuttle right. of any of the receivers behind Jackson Smith and Jigba, who, by the way, had a great work, had by far the best short shuttle. But for Yasavas, at 6'3", 205, to have the second best short shuttle, that's impressive because they knew he had long speed from track, but he didn't know about his change of direction. And then the next guy, Zach Kuntz, I saw him play high school basketball. I can walk there from my house right now. I can walk there. He was only in 10th grade, maybe 11th. They're playing some Philly school. He had a couple of dunks. He had some blocks. Well, it makes sense. Six, seven and a half, 255. He jumped 40 inches, Emery, at six, seven and a half, 255, ran a four, five, five, 40, 10, eight in the broad jump. Uh, he's a multiple, multiple state champ in the 110 high hurdles. So he's got that background as well, but he is a legit, legit athlete. Let's move on. Last but not least. How about the O-line and the running backs, Emory, your specialty? Why even have the O-line do the 40-yard dash? What a waste of time, right? 
Like, just have those guys do the bag drills and bag workouts because no one wants to see offensive linemen run the 40-yard dash. It's just not conducive to them having success. You can have them run maybe a 15-yard dash or the 20-yard dash, if anything. So I feel like that's the drill that we can eliminate for the linemen. Um, but I love seeing those guys go through the bag drills. But it was just fascinating to see uh, the big kid from Ohio State run his 40 because, like, he and Koontz, for whatever reason, um, like Koontz was somebody I graded came, that coming into this week. And you know how, like, when you try to find, when you're watching film, okay, this guy's wearing a towel. This guy's wearing, like, red gloves. This guy has, you know, one sleeve on his leg, but the other sleeve is not. Koontz was so easily to identify on ODU film. Like, he was the tallest dude on the field. He kept getting taller as the game went on. The same thing with uh, with uh, the big kid from Ohio State, uh, Dewan Jones. Like, how large of a human is he, man? And then just, just running. It was like watching the Incredible Hulk just run down the field, man. It's, but but o- O-line drills was something that just you could just – I love the drills. I just hate the 40. And running backs, I was shocked at how many guys chose not to run. Like, I was shocked that Deuce Vaughn didn't run the 40. I felt like that was an area that he could have, you know, stole the show. Like, bro, your job, your whole thing is quickness. Like, you know, yes, he looked explosively quick in the bag drills. I was shocked he didn't run. I was shocked that um, uh, Spears didn't run because I like Spears' re-acceleration. He has the ability to hit that second gear um, when he takes off. So I was just shocked that some of the guys chose not to run. Um but chose to participate in the, in the, the bag drills. Like, like we kind of know you're fast. And, and Daenerys Prince shocked me with his speed because his, his whole run style was so unorthodox and how he ran the 40 that when he clocked 4 4 I was like, there's no way that's correct. And then he runs it again for the second time. Like, wow. You know, it just his, his running gait wasn't conducive to him running that fast. So imagine if he was able to streamline it, probably could have hit 4-3. I'm shocked some people still – have not gotten anybody in their lives a story from myfrontpagestory.com. The best gift I'm aware of. The amount of emails we've gotten since Valentine's Day from people saying it's the best gift they've ever gotten or their wife saying it's the best gift she ever got. It's incredible. You get a birthday, anniversary. We want to get ahead of the game for Mother's Day. Myfrontpagestory.com. Emery, let's get to a couple. We'll get into more positions starting next week. But uh, we'll wrap up the quarterbacks with a deep sleeper or two from you today. Listen, I've been saying this guy's name since I've been on the All-Star Game circuit, but Connor Degenhart of New Haven, um, 6'5", 215, had a great FCS Bowl, parlayed that into a college gridiron showcase performance where he performed well, was also at the Tropical Bowl and performed well against FBS competition. And he played against head-to-head against uh, Tyler uh, um, Tyson Badgett as Shepard. They played each other this year, and I thought he had a really good game. You know, and for me, watching how when you look at Degenhart has the off-the-bus look, 6'5", 215, throws really well, you know, playing well in the all-star game circuit, he is someone that I'm excited to see how he does on his pro day circuit and where he's going to compete. I don't know if he's going to be in his New York City pro day. It's coming up uh, at the end of the week, I believe at Columbia, or he's going to be in some other pro day, but he is someone that has really uh, done well. And I've said this name before too, Cephas Johnson, the third of Southeast Louisiana, 
checked in at 6'6", 226 at the College Rhode Island Showcase, played a little receiver at Southeast Louisiana, transferred in from South Alabama, um, and also, is, you know, but he got better every practice, every rep, throwing the football at the College Rhode Island Showcase where I thought he had the most impressive uh, week there and reminds me a lot of Cordell Stewart and his athleticism and how he throws the football and, and the upside he still has left in this game. So he could potentially be someone's Taysom Hill or he could be someone's long-term developmental guy because South Alabama has a track record of developing these quarterbacks. There's another guy in Tyler Morton uh, that plays at that uh, whose tape I graded from Southwest Oklahoma State, um, transferred from South Alabama to uh, Suwuso, as you could, as the acronym would say. Uh, but this is someone that at six three two zero seven throws the ball rather well. Good athlete. I don't know how they've been able to recruit guys like that. Remember they had the Brandon Bridge kid from South Alabama. They find these tall, athletic quarterbacks that can play. So. Degenhart and and Cephas Johnson are two guys that I'm very intrigued with. Taller quarterbacks with good athleticism and can definitely spin it. Check him out on social media at Fball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. You can always watch this show. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Of course, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide is where you need to sign up immediately. You're done with the running backs, right, Emery? Done with the running backs, done with the fullbacks, done with wide receivers. I should be done with tight ends by either tonight or early tomorrow, so I'm excited about that, and I can start the offensive line. Because now we got, what, three weeks before the end of March? Um, I'm, I'm trying to see. I got I to gotta touch up my process for next year, Ross, in terms of maybe I'm grading too many guys, but that's also, <laughs> you know, exciting. You know, Hey, we like the depth and breadth, though, man. We like that you have all those guys there. Next week, we're going to get into Emery's specialty, the position he played, running backs. You are not going to want to miss it. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.